having a bit of a chat and I was explaining that if you hear like weird noises in the background it's probably a puppy so <laughs> we have to uh, we have to be mindful of that so please excuse me it was better than those little monkeys that were running around where we actually met it's <laughs> <laughs> quite little menace little things though <laughs> that was so funny so uh, for the people that are listening um, when I was on my honeymoon in Bali um, Alan and I decided to go. We we're in Ubud. We decided to go to this monkey forest. And you read all these horror stories before you go in, like, don't approach the monkeys, don't feed the monkeys, like, the monkeys can bite. And we hadn't had our rabies jab. So we were kind of a little bit on edge as to whether we should go. And we went and we were waiting and uh, waiting to get the tickets. And we saw this couple just to the side of us. Um, and there was this blonde, blonde lady and this like big strong guy and they you could tell there was something they didn't want to go in I think it was <laughs> there was something really stopping you so I think I can't remember I think it was one of us just turned around and said do you want to go in together like you know team yeah. numbers and um, for the entire time we were walking around I mean you and Alan didn't stop talking and wow. Grace and I just kept talking and like the entire, like we barely paid any attention to the monkeys. Um, <laughs> but we just found these like amazing people in the opposite side of the world to us. So that's yeah, how we met. Yeah, that's exactly how we met. And it was like, it was quite incredible because Grace was, she was petrified in the beginning. Yeah. She didn't want to go. She was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But uh, yeah, look at them though. Quite, uh, quite interesting walking through there. She even patted one in the end, so facing those fears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do when you're surrounded by good people. Yeah, exactly right. When we met, obviously, Alan was talking to you a lot, and I remember after um, you guys left us, Alan said to me, and this was before I'd even started any kind of a podcast or anything, he was like, you and Blake need to talk because you've got so I think you've got so much in common and um he's like he's really interesting and he's really into kind of things like mental health and he was talking all about the work he does and he was like you'd find it fascinating so you know I think it's nearly a year later no yeah look I was thinking like when as soon as you said that I want to apologize for being like not getting this done sooner uh, I know you've been asking for like to get me on like a lot sooner and I just look I, I, I like uh, I don't like to use the word busy I like to use the word focused but like I, said, I just had um, like a lot on you know so um, yeah look it's amazing that we can connect now definitely yeah and you've been busy well sorry focused very much so on yeah. Um, on your new venture, so tell tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so uh, the new initiative now uh, that we've just just about to launch on the 15th of June is called FIFO Zero. Uh, and FIFO Zero is uh, so just an abbreviation of fly in, fly out. Uh, and that's uh, the term used here uh, a lot in WA, especially, but all over Australia for um, mining workers that fly in and out of uh, remote locations for mining work. And uh, so we're on a mission to eradicate suicide in mining. And we believe that we can achieve this through uh, personal development training and awareness. And a big part of it is also facilitating the community uh, coming together with uh, site activations and really engaging the community uh, in, in personal stories that they, that they can relate to. Uh, and this come about uh, from my own personal experiences for working in the, in the industry for a lot of years. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to travel in 2016 with uh, BHP uh, built in uh, their wellness roadshows. And so I was traveling uh, from mine site to mine site as their RUIK ambassador, uh, really sharing that message on uh, being there for one another and really providing that space for people that might be struggling and just letting them know that it's okay and, and, and speak to one another if they're going through anything. And, and that experience really it was just incredible. Like I, I had people coming up to me saying to me, look, I'm going through the same thing. And, you know, just watching them engaging the support networks that we had there on site after that was just incredible because that, again, that provided a space and for them to open up and feel like that they could speak about it, you know, and, and this is really important uh, for the industry. It's, it's, it's heavily um, male dominated. I mean, there is still a fair bit of women that, that are in the industry as well. Um, but I mean, as you know, it, it, it is, it's quite problematic for men to actually speak about, yeah. um, you know, their emotional well-being and what's going on. To have that engagement for them to come up and, and sharing was, was quite amazing. And so from there, uh, it's really, uh, it's developed into uh, this initiative and look in saying that in and around that time it was uh, it was quite difficult as well um, there were, in a few weeks leading up to it um, I had a, a friend of mine on site uh, we're at a barbecue and he was like he, we actually walked out of our room like we have site locations and we live in a camp and we have like um, you know a mess and other facilities and gyms and stuff like that you can but it's like a camp environment where you, you, you stay for when you're on shift. But anyway, we're having a um, barbecue and we were walking out to, to go to that at the same time on the way, you know, and I seen him walking towards me and we said hello and we got a chatting. And at the time I just moved to a different area down in Mandra, like south of Perth, um, Western Australia, and um, into an apartment. He was like talking to me about that. He's like, oh, I can't wait to come down and see your apartment, like hang out. And I was like, yeah, on days off. And I said, well, that'd be awesome, you know. And it was a couple of weeks after that that we'd lost him. And it was, look, it, it sent um, like a ripple effect, obviously, through our, our community. And I still travelled with the wellness roadshows, like, after that, because, again, like, I'd, I sensed the importance of it. But I never went back to site after that. Mm. And um, I resigned from, from BHB. And, and, look, I, I think I went on my own little mission to, to find out, you know, like, you know, where to from here. Mm. And it was, look, 
there was a lot of personal development that I'd done for myself in the lead up to that, uh, that, that really facilitated uh, that opportunity for me to travel with the wellness roadshows. Um, so look, I was, I was really aware of the processes of like how to be able to engage with your own emotional well-being and stuff. But look, as, as life comes at you, we're always faced with, um, situations that, you know, that upset us and, and, and that can really throw us off track, you know? And, and so I, I really needed to take that time out for myself and, and really needed to work out, you know, how, what was next for me and, and how to, how to focus that, um, that energy in a positive way. And, um, yeah, thankfully, like a few years later, we, we've been working, um, I've been working with a coach and mentor of mine for the past seven years, uh, at a personal development company called EP7 here in Perth. Uh, and we've co-founded this new initiative, FIFO Zero. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a journey to get here to say the least, but mm. very exciting to get it going. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think it is that so like the, the rate of suicide is so high in, in that mining community? Do you think it's because there's an isolation aspect because there's kind of a chaotic nature of the work itself? What, what is it do you think that kind of it is a factor? Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a, a range of contributing factors that, that, that go towards it. And, and you're hundred percent right. The isolation's um, a massive one being away from uh, friends and family and loved ones and kids and, and, and missing like special events mm. uh, and, and look at it, it is very isolating. So you're, you're talking about like remote, locations that there's nothing out there but like a, like i mentioned a camping village where everybody congregates together and you go out to the mine site and you work and then you come back at the end of the day and it's just a cycle for that shift mm. uh, and, and and there's long hours so it's typically 12 hour days and a lot of them are like if you know western australia especially i mean there, there is a lot of other mine sites over um over east and all over australia but they're predominantly in hot harsh conditions so when you're in the middle of summer it's so the, that strain on things as well we're doing 12 hour days mm. hard work it's intensive and it, it doesn't stop and so that can be draining in itself and not only that there's not much to do out there really mm. like and and so unfortunately there's there's from for a lot of years there's been a culture in and around drinking as well so that would um, that would exacerbate everything that's going on for, for people as well. Like, mm. And so when you combine all that, like working 12-hour days and then you're coming back to camp and, you know, you're having a few beers with your mates and, and like, if, if you've got something going on at home, like relationship difficulties or you're missing your friends and family and stuff, this all can spiral out of control really quickly, you know. And, and not only that, like, I mean, alcohol, and as we know, it throws out your sleeping rhythms and so you're not you're not ever like just being grounded at, at all like so you're you're fatigued heavily throughout throughout your shift and it just gets worse and worse and so mm. at some sites they transition so they might do seven days of days and then they might have one day off and then they'll transition to seven nights so then you've got 
you've got night shift and, and the shift work aspect as well that's really throwing the rhythm out of, out of sync. And, and, uh, and on top of that, there's no exercise. Like a lot of, I mean, there is gyms and that there, but a lot of not prioritizing their well-being. Mm. So if you're engaging in uh, like any form of exercise, that has a contributing factor as well. Um, and look, there is a lot of sites that uh, that do have like community initiatives that they they try to engage the people uh, in on on site, but a lot are missing that aspect of, about it as well. So people feel like that there's not anything that they can really do outside of just drinking, yeah, you know, or you know, or just going to the gym. Like so, there's there's no real sense of community at all there, and so that's a definite definite big one as well, and 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 diet you know so it's like they're eating the wrong things so you've just got all this compounding effect of everything and i mean when you think about it like we've got these stresses in our everyday life as well like people are not taking care of their well-being right Mm. but in this instance um there's been a lot of studies that have been done recently a lot and and they've and they've realized that there's like a almost double percentage of, of people at risk that are in the FIFO industry. So it's, mm. um, it's definitely a high risk environment. It sounds like it's almost a bit like a pressure cooker environment as well. And if one person was to, you know, t- to take their own life, that then, because you're in such an enclosed environment, that not only affects a lot of people around, but there, like you said, there is almost like a domino effect sometimes. Um, and I find it really interesting. I don't know if Alan ever told you, but his cousin works in the mining industry. Did he tell you that? Um, I don't actually remember that, but he, he could have, yeah. So his, his, one of his cousins, I've never met him in person, but he, were, he, so he's in the, he does, I think, I guess, the fly in and fly out, but he has just moved to Australia. But before that, he was based in Thailand. So he had um, a wife and his kids there. And he got really into um, like martial arts type stuff. Um, and like that was his thing. He was really into kind of, I can't remember what it was. It's like Thai kickboxing, I think. So that's why he moved to to um, to Thailand. But he, he'd said that that like Alan, Alan can tell when he's, gone through a stage of being at home and exercising and being around his family and uh, versus when he's like on site there's a real difference in him yeah um so it is i i, I guess because you are taken out of the real world if you like and put into a completely different semi quasi kind of environment that looks like real life but yet is so different in the same stretch yeah yeah exactly right and and it's um it's interesting that you you bring up like those kind of disciplines like martial arts and 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 how he could identify how he was different when he was on site and we see it all the time uh with with um you know with friends and family and, and people in the community you know that they express how important it is to connect like to a community like that or, or engage in like an activity that that really allows you to redirect that focus, you know, and, and being engaged with that because that is really helps with the mental, mental health side of things. And it's, it's just, again, it's like, it's just a, such a uh, dominant thing here and in this side of the world. And 
Look, I mean, it's, I guess, like you said, it's like you guys know people in your family that, that go through it as well. And it's, well, when you think about it, like the, the industry here is, like the firefighter is like, it's heavily dominated and, and like towards mining. But when you think about it, like, like the military and, and a lot of those personnel is like, they're, they're flying away from their friends and family. It's, it's initially a firefighter role, isn't it? Mm. They're spending a away from their, their friends and family and it's like well how do we how do we understand what that means to us mm. you know and like, I, this is why I get excited about what we what we do and 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 really the training and awareness I feel that is so important for not only us as individuals but like just everybody in this kind of environment is we have to be clear with our intent and and our meaning behind why we're actually doing it to start with mm. you know what i mean like you said if if you go into this this kind of environment it's like kind of real life but not really real and it's like well how do we understand this for ourselves and make sense of it all you know and it's like this is where we have to know why we're doing it to start with mm. and so that's got an end in, in in sight and and like i said we put meaning behind it and we don't get lost in uh, you know, like, like the cycles of life, like if it, whatever's going on um, and even like when, you know, things are going really well and booming in the industry and our job security is really, really good, um, but as opposed to when it's not and everybody's in scarce and worried about losing their jobs and they're like, oh, how am I going to survive and, or how am I going to provide for my family? And it's, so how do we know and and how do we have that level of resilience for ourselves to know that we're going to be okay and that we matter enough and we'll get through it, mm. you know? And so it's this kind of understanding that is so important for ourselves from day day one that we know why we do what we do, mm. you know? What I mean? So it's, it's that level of emotional uh, awareness and intelligence that we need, that we need for ourselves. It's, uh, I honestly don't feel anything more important. Mm, yeah yeah we don't then point the finger and place blame on kind of circumstances i mean like there's obviously there's circumstances that can be better and and that can be initiated in in the industry um but that's not the whole solution mm. uh, there's a big way of a two-way street where we can work together and be better for one another yeah i think i i definitely agree there's there's a two-way street and you, you can see people that are in the worst environments, but they're, if they have a strong mental attitude or they're very aware of themselves um, and their mental health, they can thrive. Um, but I think sometimes we lack, we don't learn these tools at school. You know, we don't learn how to deal with um, grief or loss or even general things like finances and being, um, you know, financially independent and smart and savvy we don't I mean we don't learn these things at school we have to find we kind of try and find them out ourselves don't we um and yeah so I think it's it's a great thing to be able to bring into um the industry um so tell me a bit about what your goals are then what are you, what's what's the plans for you guys yeah so our our ultimate mission is to eradicate suicide in mining. So mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of initiatives out. Or I wouldn't say there's a lot, but there is 
um, initiatives out there that are doing amazing work and training people up to be aware. Uh, but we just, we see it as, look, why can't we strive for zero? You know, why can't we have no zero, like no suicides throughout the industry and beyond that? You know, it's, it's, it's almost like if we're, we're striving for a percentage or, or, or a, a lower target, it's almost we're con- like we're condoning to lose a certain amount of our friends and family it, and it, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well. And so it's, it, it, a big part of it is like I've saying, been saying about the personal development training and awareness. And it's about giving people these skills. Like you said, we're not taught these skills in, in school, right. On, on how to deal with grief and how to deal with life or, how to manage our finances and and like so it's like when you've got a compounding uh like areas of our life that that could be problematic these these can spiral out of control very quickly and it's like how can we again how can we have better awareness to how we're being in that that aspect of our life and how we can be better for Mm. ourselves and those in and around us and this is this is a massive part of our mission because look it's it's like we go to a gym, for instance, and, and we've got no hesitation to get connected to a personal trainer to take care of our physical well-being. But when it comes to our emotional well-being, we, should, we kind of shy away from it for some reason, like there's this stigma attached to it. And it's like this, our mental health and our awareness is everything that's driving us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually deciding whether we actually go to the gym or not. Yeah. You know so it's, it's, it's almost kind of bizarre that we actually don't go through the same process. And it's the actual same process that we actually use in that area. Like, I mean, if you stay with a coach in your gym, you, you know if you stick to a plan and you eat right, you're going to get results. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's the same principles that apply to your emotional well-being and these skills that we don't, we've never learned for ourselves. Like, we need to be able to connect with somebody that, is actually skilled and can actually help us understand our emotional well-being better and how we can engage differently and get different results that we actually strive for in our life. And, and this is what excites me, right? Mm. Because it, it gives us a different perspective on life. And, and, and I, I mentioned to you, like, like, there was a lot that led up to, to that, uh, me being, uh, like, as part of the Wellness Roadshows for for BHP and, and a lot of that was struggling with myself. Like I, like I couldn't, uh, I couldn't express how I felt. And I was like, I was, I was drinking a lot. Like I was caught up in the culture of drinking a lot. And especially on days off, it, it kind of really spiraled out of control. And I, I couldn't communicate how I felt and I didn't know who to speak to. And I was afraid of losing my job. You know, I was like, like I just, and, and I mean, if you've got something wrong, uh, on site, like especially with your coordination or your supervision, like I was having issues there, and I, I really didn't know how to communicate that to how like I felt to them because I'd always anticipate con- conflicts, you know, mm. and so I'd like shy away from it. And I was like, I didn't know how to engage in a humble way that would give me the result I wanted, you know, which is which is ultimately what we're striving for. But we can like we can just hold it in and, and we can become passive aggressive and, and we can go on these, you know, emotional roller coasters and, uh, and it can like, it can pop, you know, we can, we can 
lose it at times and, and you know, we put everything at jeopardy. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, we, we have to wait for these, these incidents to, you know, rear their, their head, you know, and then it's too late. And it's mm. like, well, how can we be preventative? How can we empower everybody? You know what I mean? With these tools to be able to know what's going on. And that's our big vision. I mean, they've got a lot of support networks that are out there and a lot of free services that they connect, they can connect to counselors and, and their families can connect to counselors and, and their uh, supervision and, and coordinators are, are trained up to identify when somebody's struggling, which is awesome. Um, and, and that is still needed, but again, it's, it's kind of after the fact mm-hmm. and we're sitting around, around waiting for there to be an issue when we can train everybody up in this, in this kind of, uh, skill set. You know, yeah. it, and yeah, that's a massive part of our mission. Yeah. It's like taking the proactive approach before anything were to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it, it's just, just so important, like I said, because I've, like, I've experienced that transformation for myself. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, when I did the pro, like that, that training in the program seven years ago, it blew me away. You know, I was suffering from anxiety. I was chronically depressed. I, like, I, I didn't want to leave like, my, my, my home. Like, I, I would stay in, like, sometimes in my room for, like, months on end. And it's like, I was having, I was like, I was having suicidal thoughts at that time. And like, I, I didn't know what like was going on there. You know what I mean? Mm. I was like, why was I having those thoughts? Mm. And like, there's no process of like being able to deconstruct that for yourself. Like, I, you know, and, and that's obviously when I connected, I, I just seek help. I was like, this has got to stop. And there was just something in me, you know, that I was like, that. And I searched for it and my life has just been completely different mm. ever since, you know. I think if you've given that perspective outside of what your conditioning has always been, it, like, it just gives you that perspective to go, well, life can be different. I can mm. engage differently and I can first understand why things have been this way to start with so I know exactly what I'm actually changing and that's the exciting thing and... That we can bring to everybody that just that stuff just lights me up it mm. really does because there's a lot of science backed in the program there's a lot of neuroplasticity uh there's a lot of understanding why we do what we do you know mm. and and in depth and and it's and and like that and just explaining that transformational power that we all have you know like it's it's almost like from you know, our, like, our, like I said, our conditioning, our, like our upbringing and our environment, we kind of become a product of that environment, you know, and, and when we understand that in depth and in great detail, we understand that that's just all learned behavior, you know, so if that's all learned behavior and, and if, like parts of it are beautiful mm. and, and, and it's so nurturing and loving, but there's also parts of it that are not so you know, mm. and, and that's the parts that we want to understand for ourselves and, and adapt and, and grow, you know, and, mm. and yeah. yeah, you can tell you're so passionate about it and like it kind of makes it, it's infectious that like passion and that love for it. Um, 
and I really agree with what you said about kind of the perspective side of it because obviously our, our journey is very different um but I had to almost relearn to function as a human at one point so I understand that whole you know it, I, I always call it like pressing the pause button like being able to stop and take a step back and look at the look at the the thoughts feelings emotions that are being experienced and and kind of working out why and often it's we act the way we do um in kind of a negative or defensive way because our brain is trying to protect us and it does what it knows best and it doesn't it doesn't know whether it's a good action or a bad action but it's a it's a habitual learned action that it's put in time and time again and and um and it and it's that like i think somebody once described it to, to me as that 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 part of your brain is like a dog you know this dog just wants to please you and it and it sees the sign of danger and it growls and it you know it wants to protect because that's what it knows you have to train it um yeah so i i absolutely love all this kind of stuff and like and especially when there's science based behind it I think I believe in many kind of things that we may not understand to an extent, but I think I'm a lot more of a logical-minded person, um, which I think sometimes can get in people's way a little bit more. Some of the cleverest people I know have suffered with anxiety or depression. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's interesting why that happens, right? You've got mm. so many, like so many intelligent people or so many like successful or in our eyes like sometimes can be can be perceived as being successful and they're they're really struggling mm -hmm. you know it's it's i love the fact that you brought up like the brain kind of aspect about it and how it like it's it's just it's just there really to protect us and 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 like where it's like caught in this survival mode and it's like well you know and and quite often what we do is like when we when we suffer from these things when that's causing anxiety and and calling us causing us angst and fears is understanding that it's like it, there's no threat perceived threat actually there to yeah. start with but that's that's actually the brain and how we're interpreting and that's us closing off and again when you understand that in great detail that stuff just it blew my world open because ultimately the brain doesn't know what's real or not real mm. it, it only believes what keeps happening and so and that's the pattern of like i've been talking about and 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 the conditioning you know from the first seven years of our life you know the conscious mind's not even developed yet and so whatever your your environment is what your from your parenting from, from your schooling you, you you basically hit download and and so and and once the conscious mind starts to kick in you can hit play and mm -hmm. so and you're going to play out those those patterns of whatever you've learned and how to interact with life and like i said a lot of them are beautiful and and a lot but a, like a lot of them you know can hold us back uh, in, in certain areas and that's those hidden uh, assumptions about life that we are unaware of because they're subconscious mm -hmm. and and so that's where I get excited and, and that's where the opportunity is to actually being able to thread that. And I love how you brought up again, like the going deep and actually 
actually it's like you're pulling away, you're hitting the pause button. It's, it's almost like we're becoming the observer mm. of how we're actually being. And when you can observe the thoughts, the feelings and the actions that we're actually ta- taking, it's directly linked to a belief system. Mm. So what, what's, what must I believe for me to think, feel and act that way? Mm. You know, and so even you go one below that and, and, and you understand, okay, where did I take on that belief? And, and so that's where we get into the, the, the conditioning and, and uh, our experiences throughout life. And, and this is, it, it completely blew my world apart for the better. Mm. You know, for the first time in my, my life, I realized that I had perspective outside of the, of the identity that I was, you know, that I was portraying and, and ultimately it was like I was fused into a certain personality, right? Because, mm. I mean, all those things with culture and thoughts and feelings, it, it molds us into a personality that we reflect, you know? And, and so, look, it's, it, it was, like I said, it was a big eye-opener for me because my childhood was, unfortunately, it was, it was rough and it was, there was a lot of trauma associated with that. And this is where it becomes extremely difficult for people because especially when, when trauma is associated because the brain can like in a moment can associate and switch off and just interpret that this is the way life is. And, and so we, you know, it, it can just shut us off to the whole world. And, and again, this is where I get excited through understanding how the, that brain, that side of the brain works and through neuroplasticity and it can, you know, disconnect and reconnect as many times and, you know, there's an infinite amount of uh, connections that we can make through uh, through that process mm-hmm. of neurogenesis and and you know sparking that parts of ourselves and and even understanding how it's directly related to our body. You know, there's a lot of biochemistry as well that uh, is associated. Because I mean, you might even understand this for yourself, and I especially learn it myself with suffering from anxiety. Is is I would walk into an environment. And I would just feel like I, my body would just like, like, just like just shut off. You know, I'd actually feel it before my brain even rationalized to what the hell was going on. Mm. And so what happens there is that we've got, like we've got these little things called receptor sites and we attach them per, uh, per cell uh, in accordance to what we believe. And so if, again, when we're, if we're perceiving unconsciously a, a threat, then we, you know, our body can react in a way, can shut off mm. and make us feel that way before or, you know, even like not, and we might not even know what the hell's going on, you know. So it's, mm. um, it's really powerful to be able to understand that in, in detail. Yeah, 100%. So my anxiety st- always started physically. So I would, I'd, wouldn't be able to breathe and I'd tense up and... I I could be feeling fine, but my body would create this response and, and then that in turn would make me panic. Um, and the, the whole, like the way that your body will react. And it's quite interesting as well, because when I meet people, um, from doing only doing my Pilates training and looking at posture, I can tell the kind of people that are a little bit more timid, the people that are trying to shy away because we create these patterns of behavior that, that will play out posturally. And, um, you know, things like tense shoulders, like 
for obvious things and things like that. It's, it's really interesting the way that the body reflects what's going on inside sometimes. Um, but what you said about the, uh, like neuroplasticity and stuff, what I found really interesting was the fact that, you know, we, we've, we've spoken about pressing the pause button, taking a step back and then re-examining those beliefs. But I think some people get to that point and then think, well, this is just what I believe. And they don't quite maybe feel ready to or believe that they can change the way that they are acting, reacting, change those, those belief systems. Um, but I always, I always saw it as like imagining a river running down a hill. And then if, so we've got this, this pre-programmed way and the, the, the water is always going to flow the easiest direction, um, whether it be a good way or bad way, it goes the same way. But then if we built a dam, the river would find a different way to go. And it would be really difficult at first, but in time and through repeated behavior, it gets easier. And then eventually you could take the time away, but the river would still flow in that new pattern. And it's, and I found it so crazy to think that no matter how long we'd been doing a particular action or behavior or, um, or feeling a certain way around specific uh, types of people or environments, you can still change that thought, belief pattern, etc to something that's more positive and to something that is going to serve you better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree, like uh, 100%, because it's, it's not feeling like that we, that we have to change everything at once as well. And it's like that can be really confronting for someone because, like you said, they, they can have that confrontation with their belief system and they feel like that they can't or, or that change that or, or all of it, you know what I mean? And mm. it's like... A, can be really really confronting for somebody and it's and it's look this is why like we always say is like if you you can you can distill it down to individual individual contexts of your life so and 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 ultimately identify areas that are most important for you and you can take one step of action look if you if you change one aspect about yourself it changes your destiny right Mm -hmm. so if you you're having an area of your life that you're you're having recurring um problems with you know that that those patterns any patterns tell us that we have a belief system that's making this thing feel and act that way so that that's the that's that opportunity to go okay well if i engage with this area of my life differently and through following you know what's important to me through you know through guidance of values and principles on how i want to be and how i want to engage others in this area then then like i said that changes our destiny right so it's like when you do that a lot over and over again like you said it's like it, it's forever going you know we're forever moving around the, around those dams and and those those dams are always going to be there for the rest of our life you know we we never we never reach a place where we're perfect no one is no you know but the most important thing and, and the most amazing thing that I've found out of this work is, is the deep understanding that we're not our experiences, we're not our beliefs, we're not our thoughts and feelings that, that come of those experiences and, and not, 
And unfortunately, with like I said, when it's associated with trauma, even it's like we are none of those things. But when you understand that the brain and the body will will like associate and attach and pull our our like our identity into that and can confuse us at times when you understand that in detail then I, I really believe that that can really help us in the beginning to know it's not us you know and and mm. and and know that you know we can we can seek help and avenues uh to to really help our our lives forward you know yeah yeah now i see why uh alan wanted us to talk <laughs> yeah absolutely i still remember walking around there it's like i remember like even after we left and and speaking with grace and it was just it was so humbling to connect right i just yeah i felt it as well and uh yeah i'm really grateful that we we got the chance to to be able to connect like this absolutely yeah definitely we've um i i it was a really weird time because we'd gone Obviously, we, Alan and I hadn't really been, well, we hadn't actually been anywhere apart from where we got married because we ended up going to Italy to get married. We got, went there like three years in a row. Um, so Bali was like this incredible different experience for us. And it was so strange because even though we were so far away from home, the people that we met, so we met you and Grace, but we also met this other couple called Mick and Tom. And literally we were constantly just like we wanted to stay out here just be friends with them all the time like these people are awesome <laughs> like <laughs> and like it's amazing how you can meet people from completely different parts of the world completely different walks of life but there is there's that connection and and that's really what makes it you feel like you're you're part of something great um which I guess ties in a little bit with what you're trying to do with FIFO. Uh, like a hundred percent. I like, I love again that you, you're touching on like all the, 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 the points here. It's, um, it's amazing because it's, it's that like intrinsic nature for us as humans, like we are all connected, right? But uh, like I was explaining before about our uh, conditioning through childhood, it, depending what that is it, it it separates us right it's almost like that we're trying to make our way back to that feeling of being connected like we like all children are you see it all the time right they're they're, they're creative they're intuitive and they're guided by what's what's connecting us in, in that time and and look again that's what excites me because it's it's that opportunity right and understanding that we can bring ourselves back to that place and 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 really what it does is as well it, it like not only does it give us perspective it gives us it gives us patience for ourselves to know god like no one's perfect like and and no ones are like i'm feeling this way because you know like this has happened throughout my life and this is not right and you know but like i, I can accept that and i can understand that it's not me and I, I know that I can be different and, and aligned to what's most important to me. And look, it's honestly the, like the man I, like I connected with has been my mentor for you, George Clue. He was a founder of EP7. And if you look at the logo, it's shaped as a heart. 
because there's heart intelligence, right? And that's the most important thing for us. And it's mm. so we need to be guided by that and by what's most important to us. And we configure our mind to serve, you know, so it's not the other way around. But like I was saying, we get confused because this has been conditioned in a way to knock us off line. It's been conditioned in a way for, that holds us back. We, we fear and we doubt and a lot of that conditioning brings up insecurities and for, through, like, like in relation to whatever our experiences have been, you know. But again, that's the exciting thing to understand that we can undo all that, you know. And, and again, it's, it's being connected to that that heart intelligence and, and that, that intrinsic nature that we all have. And, and I honestly believe that's why we all connect with, with beautiful people all over the world, you know? Mm. So it's, yeah, I think it's just incredible. And it was actually just, it was only a few days after we um, came out with FIFO Zero, which has only just been recently. And I don't know if you've seen it in the, in the, um, in the media, but the president of New Zealand has just announced that her number one priority is the mental health and wellness for her people. And they've got a target to zero suicides. Mm. And, like, it's just incredible, right? Now you're talking about a nation. You're talking about, like, billions of people that, you know, like a a shift transitioning. And and I wholeheartedly believe that's, that's the answer, you know, for us to be connected to what's most important and has always been there, but it's been unfortunately hidden from some unfortunate conditioning that pulls us away. I bloody love that New Zealand prime minister or president or whatever she is. I don't know the terminology, but I mean, I don't know anything about the actual politics of it, but every time I hear anything about her, it's always, I'm always like, yeah, she's, she's like a badass. Like I like her. I just think, God, if if Britain hadn't wasted its bloody time for the past four years with bloody Brexit, think about what we could have done with that time. Yeah, Jeez. exactly right. Yeah, I look, I don't know, like, in depth, like, with the political side of things either. Like, I do brush over it and I do know bits and pieces, but, look, it's uh, she's an incredible woman. She mm. really is an, uh, an amazing leader, and I think that, the world will start to listen and, and be guided by that that intelligence and, and wisdom. It's just it's such a beautiful thing, you know, and especially what they've just gone through over there. Mm. Uh, such a turbulent time for, for her country. But, yeah, I, I don't think there could be anyone better in mm. position of power than her right now. That's, that's for sure. And it's such a clever move as well because if you put the 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 onus and the the effort into ha- helping to raise the bar of mental health and not just waiting until it becomes a an issue for people, but to be proactive, um, just just like with what you're doing, other things get better because of it. People are more motivated to work. People are, you know, m- more likely to be in a job that they enjoy. They're more likely to you know, be able to talk to their families about how they feel and avoid that conflict in the family home. Like, there are so many things that can come from a, a better mental health state. Um, and I, I just think it's great that, that even if it is just New Zealand for now, that they're doing that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we have to start somewhere, right? And it's yeah. like, I think it's, it's going to send a ripple effect out and nothing but great is going to come of that. And a big part of our uh, study and, and uh, knowing into like the 550 launch is there's been a massive study on the mental health side of things um, in the FIFO industry. And there was like, I think it was like 53 odd studies, independent studies that they combined together to bring out this one um, study and findings on, on, on all that data that they, that they obtained. And they, they've found now they've measured for every dollar spent on wellness that they're getting nearly a five to one return. So now businesses know, these mining companies know that, you know, it, it, it's in our interest from a business standpoint to incentivize our workers to take care of themselves. And, you know, unfortunately, like if we got, I think it's an amazing thing that we've got that now because we can start somewhere, but it's like, you know, I'm like, man, why do we have to wait for, yeah. that, for that information to make us aware that, you know, that we should be, you know, being better for one another and in and, and, and ways that we can, you know, and it's, um, look, I, I think there's a, a big like driver behind what we're doing here as well. And a big part of our mission is being able to remove the stigma um, attached to like speaking up, like I was saying before about there's like, we shy away from it, you know, and like for, for some reason we feel like people are going to judge us and, and look, right now, like I was saying before, they've got controls in place where they can they can go speak to a counselor or something like that. And that in itself is not a hundred percent foolproof because it's not like they're not everybody's doing it right. Yeah. But in saying that as well, like the the industry and and it's not just the mining industry; it's 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 everywhere, right? It's like we're telling people that they've got an illness when when they're feeling depressed or they're, like they're suffering from anxiety and look i'm well aware that there's chronic levels of this uh like issues and and that being connected to our medical industries is really really important but i think about the facts of how can we do things differently mm. how can we communicate uh with our people in all areas of life and, and say, look, if you're struggling with uh, your finances, if you're struggling with your relationships, uh, if you're struggling, you know, um, with connecting with your family, whatever it might be, right? All these things that we all struggle, like we all struggle with at times. Why are we telling people that they've got an illness if, if that's the case? You know what I mean? It's like, and why are we shipping them off to like going to see people that, you know, and then this is why that they feel like there's something wrong with them. Why aren't we empowering them to understand what's going on for themselves mm. again you know, and giving them the tools to go, you know what, I can understand why I'm thinking and feeling this way and, and we, can, we can have a different relationship to that area. I think that's really, really important in removing that stigma because it all starts somewhere, right? It, it all starts with, an area of our life that we that is problematic and that's making us feel that way right it's almost like we get depressed into a version of ourselves and and we just we become like locked in there right and and like i said understanding the habitual thoughts that continue to play out that's that pattern i was talking about that and, and when you understand that that's what the brain does 
it, it doesn't know what's real or not real, right? It only believes what keeps happening. And, and, and so, if, again, when it's associated with tra trauma, it just locks in and we constantly cycle those same thoughts and feelings and, and we become stuck. But, again, that's where the opportunity is on, on understanding how powerful we are as individuals and, and how many amazing people are out there in our communities doing amazing things that, that help people change one aspect and we can start moving around these these dams of mm. of uh, challenges that we have throughout life yeah. yeah i love it love it very exciting stuff yes it, it so is and it's just the beginning like it, it really is it's um it, it's it's exciting to to get out there and, and make it a make a difference and continue to connect mm. with all over the world you know and and and, and that's what it's all about so where can people like find information are you guys on social media are there ways yeah. things that people can follow yeah so the initiative uh that i've been talking about is fifo zero so it's f-i-f-o uh zero on facebook and uh, there's uh, www.ep7.com.au. That's um, my mentor. That is the training uh, vehicle uh, fueling FIFO Zero, mm -hmm. and uh, and so we we we're aligned with our Momentum um, for Australia uh, charity as well. Uh, you can see information on on MomentumforAustralia.com.au as well. Uh, we we've got the official launch uh, on. Uh, the, the men in Blackpool on the 15th of June here in Perth. Uh, unfortunately, you mightn't be able to make <laughs> that uh, in a couple of weeks. The tickets have just gone out for that. But uh, look, that is the official launch of Fifo Zero. And um, that would have been yeah. such a good wedding anniversary thing for us to come to as well. It would have been amazing. But um, <laughs> look, like I'd love to have you guys over here sometime. That'd be incredible. Maybe we can. We can all meet up again one time in Bali and have a reunion there. That'll be awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes, totally up for that. Need some sunshine. It's a bit rainy here today. Yeah, yeah. I just like, I was, it was incredible. I think you might have seen photos when I was over there and seeing snow for the first time. Being oh, somewhere. yeah. How was that experience? I couldn't, I didn't think, but when I, when I went traveling in, um, in Australia when I was 18, um, there was a few people that I met and they were like, we've never seen snow. And I was like, how have you never seen snow? I mean, it doesn't snow that often. You had good snow when you came around. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It was, it was an experience. I'm walking down the street seeing snow. Like, I mean, it's not news to you guys, but like it was, yeah, it was quite awesome for me. <laughs> we waking up and seeing it, getting playing in it and whatnot. It was quite fun. That's when you can pick out the Australians in in London. If you just have, if you look on a snowy day, you've got the people walking outside in wonder, and they're the they're the Australians. Everybody else is grumpy because it's ruined their day to get to work. Yeah, or... on the street, bloody smile, and it's like, look at this bloody Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Yeah, and... thank you for having me, and um, I'd love to do it again. Yeah, definitely. I'll, um, I'll make sure that we add, uh, add all the links into the show notes. So if you want to follow FIFO um, over on Facebook and everything, and I'll put all the links there. Um, and yeah, we will um, see you guys soon. See Thank you. Bye. Bye.